Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Double Coverage Podcast. I'm Stacy Blackwood here with Jake Thomas. Jake, how you doing tonight, buddy? How about y'all? Oh, uh, we can't complain too much. Uh, Good deal. Oh well, let's uh, let's just dive on in. Uh, we can recap some of last week's games. Uh, you know, we last week we talked a little bit about you know the LSU Florida game, the Notre Dame Virginia Tech game. The uh, Texas and Oklahoma game, and the uh, and the Auburn Mississippi State. So, uh, Jake, just kind of give us your thoughts on how all those games played out, and you know, kind of what you thought about them. Uh, I gotta tell you, man, that that Texas Oklahoma game was awesome. I mean, it was crazy. Uh, well, of course, it was going on during the Alabama game, and uh, once the Alabama game pretty much got wrapped up, I switched over and. I mean, Texas had a 21-point lead late in the fourth quarter. And to watch Oklahoma come back and tie it, and then Texas with the resiliency to come back and get field goal range and uh, make that field goal. And, I mean, that was – I think Texas is slowly turning over a new leaf. Um, that, uh, that win was really big for uh, Tom Herman. He really needed a big win, and he got it. Um, the Florida LSU game um, uh, was really good. Um, I picked Florida. I'm glad to see them win. Um, I mean, the 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 East is kind of shaping up pretty pretty good right now. I mean, I know Kentucky lost, but um, but they but Florida still got to play um, Georgia, and Georgia still got to play Kentucky. So right, well, yeah, the, the East is is still open, really. I mean, when you is. think about it, because. Because Georgia still has to face, like you said, both Kentucky and Florida. So, yep. you know, it's it's still open. I do think Georgia's better than both those teams. But, right. you know, you, you never know how a ball can bounce on any given Saturday. You're right. Uh, but, you know, you touched on them games, you know. And uh, the, then the, uh, you know, Virginia Tech and Notre Dame games. Yes. You know, it was, it was a tight first half until uh, uh, Willis, the quarterback for uh, Virginia Tech, down there late in the first half, scrambling around, had a sack fumble that was recovered for a touchdown for Notre Dame, and that just kind of that just kind of opened the floodgates, and it was it was really over with after that point in time. And uh, and then you know the the Auburn Mississippi State game, you know we both thought Auburn would win, right? Uh, but they they just can't get their offense going. Their lack of running game is is just I just don't understand it. I don't either. And and you know Fitzgerald run for 195 yards, and I think he ran for all those on the same play. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just just running it right up the middle, and, and and Auburn just couldn't stop it. Yeah, you know their their defense was probably wore out from being on the field so much, and I don't, it, it, I just the, the I just can't understand why Auburn a running game. I can't either. Uh, it's they ran it 21 times for 90 yards. Yeah, and. Compared to Mississippi State, fifty-seven times for three hundred and forty-nine yards. Wow. So it, it's just uh, that—that's really the most intriguing thing to me that happened. I mean, I know that the Texas game was a great game, but but Auburn, you know, they come in the season with a lot of hype. You know, a lot of people thought that you know they would probably be the second best team in the SEC West yeah. behind Alabama, and you know that they just really not played up to that. You know, they looked decent in their opening win against Washington, but. They've been pretty lackluster since that time. So, and and uh, one thing uh, that I think that really changed the ball game in that game was there was a play flicker pass for 
I mean, Stidham, guy was wide open. And he, I mean, he, he shot that, he threw that thing to the moon. I mean, he overthrew him so bad. And yeah. Stidham, he, he has not been as accurate as he was last year. And, no, he's not. And, uh, and also the offensive line, it, it has played poorly. They've got to sure that up. But but the biggest question is now, you know, I mean, Auburn, Auburn still got A&M, still got Alabama, still got Georgia. I mean, I mean, they could potentially lose all them games the way it's going. And, and right. how hot is that seat for Malzahn getting right about now? Well, the, the bad thing is, is can they even afford to get rid of it? Yeah. After he just signed the seven-year, forty-nine million-dollar contract before the season started, thirty-two million-dollar buyout in his contract. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. It's, it's, that's uh, that's that's going to be tough for the Auburn people to swallow. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see them getting rid of him this year. You know, he's not after signing that contract anyway. No. But you know, we've kind of talked about the games from last week. Let's let's kind of get moved on to uh, to the games this week. Uh, you know, we uh. I, I do want to talk about, you know, the injury to Trayvon Diggs first. Um, you know, that's, that's a big injury for Alabama. Yeah. You know, right now they have five players in the two deep of their defense that are out indefinitely, mm-hmm. you know, and that's – and three of them are in the secondary. Yeah. So, you know, they're 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 pretty thin in, in the defense, especially in the secondary, and the defense was already pretty young and didn't have a lot of depth. So – you know, and, and the defense really hasn't played up to the album standard so far this year. Right. But you know, the offense is is just so good that it hadn't mattered or anything. But <laughs> but uh, the uh, that the defense is really really something to kind of keep your eye on throughout this the rest of the season and really against uh you know kind of lead you into the uh to the to the Alabama Missouri game. You know, Drew Locke's one of the better quarterbacks in the country, yeah. but you know, he has struggled against the, the top-tier teams. And, uh, you know, Missouri's the second-best rush defense in the SEC, so we'll see if Alabama can get a ground game going. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do think Missouri will probably score some points. Uh, I think Alabama will, will just score a little bit more than them. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I, I could see it going a lot like the, the Arkansas game did this last week, you know. And uh, I don't think they'll quite get to 31. I, I'm thinking, you know – 55 to 20 or, you know, something around that range for that game. What do you think? Yeah, you know, you talked about Drew Locke. Um, you know, he really hadn't started out hot this year. Um, but, you know, last year he threw for almost 4,000 yards. I think he was like 200, 250 yards short of that and uh, had 44 touchdown passes. So, he is he he's an elite quarterback uh, for a, you know, kind of a middle-of-the-road team. Uh, I mean, Arkansas only went 7-6 last year. But, um, you know, we talk about it each and every week, but we, we have to touch on it. I mean, Alabama's offense with two is just – I mean, the the other day, Jared Judy caught that right across the, the middle. And, and the safety had the, the angle on him and everything, and Judy just outran him. I mean, yeah. the, the speed that the, the Steelers <clears throat> had this year is absolutely crazy. And, you know, I – I think the game is going to be about 56 to 28. Uh, the biggest key, of course, is going to be the defense. Um, I think, you know, with that, that young secondary probably give up, you know, Drew, Drew Locke probably throw throw a bunch. But I think they'll make enough stops. And, of course, I don't think anybody's going to stop Alabama's offense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's it's going to be tough for anybody to slow down Tua right now. He's just 
He's on another level. He is. Uh, but but moving on to the next game between Washington and Oregon, uh, it's also a it's a it's a two thirty kickoff on uh, ABC, and uh, you know right now uh, Oregon, I mean uh, Washington's a three point favorite on the road, which I think is pretty interesting. Yeah, I th- I, th- I feel like Oregon's going to win this game. I feel like you know they 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 should have won the the uh, Stanford game. They kind of gave that away. I think they're going to rebound from that. I think they're going to. You know, but and I'm I probably shouldn't be doing this because the power index has Washington as a 65 percent chance to win the game. Wow. But I just I just got that funny feeling that this is a game that Oregon will win at home behind Justin Herbert at quarterback. You know, he's he's thrown for 1400 yards and 15 touchdowns this season. Um, but I feel like uh, Oregon's going to get the win about 27 to 17. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going with you on that. I you know. It's at Oregon, you know. We talked about it. They they blew that big lead against Stanford, and I don't, I don't see them if they get another big lead against a Power Five, you know, a good a good team, especially like Washington. I don't think they'll blow it again at home. Um, but I, I think I, Washington, you know, UCLA is zero five now, but they they struggled, you know, to, to stop or UCLA in the second half uh, last week, and I. I I know. I just think. I just think uh, Oregon's going to going to pull it out late. I think the final is going to be around thirty eight to thirty five. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oregon really should have beat Stanford. That yeah. was that was you, you can't allow a comeback like that. But you know sometimes that's how it goes. Right. Uh, but but moving on to to Wisconsin at Michigan. That's where game day is going to be out this weekend. It's a six thirty kickoff on ABC. Uh, Michigan's an eight point favorite right now. You know they got. You know, one of the better defenses in the country, if not the best defense in the country right now. Uh, Shea Patterson seems to be finding his way in, in the Harbaugh system. Uh, so, you know, they're playing a lot better right now than they, than they started out on the season. And they got this at home in the big house. I know Wisconsin suffered a loss early in the year and that they're going to be, you know, trying to fight to get back into maybe some playoff contention. And the same thing for Michigan. Right. But Mich- Michigan kind of has their stuff ahead of them, you know. They – they still got to go through Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan State, so you know all their all their stuff still ahead of them. Right. And uh, you know Wisconsin, you know they got the running back. He's already got eight hundred forty nine yards <laughs> through five games. Oh. Just, I mean, they rely on the running game. They uh, they uh, they put up two hundred eighty seven yards rushing the game. You know, so they're one of the better running teams. But you know, I just feel like Michigan right now at home is just going to be a little bit too much and. I don't think it'll be too high of a scoring game. I think both defenses are going to play well, kind of keep each ch- offense in check. You know, each team will hit a couple big plays every once in a while, maybe. But I feel like Michigan is going to win this game, uh, twenty to fourteen. Uh, yeah, you know that that first loss uh, for Michigan, of course, to Notre Dame. Um, you know, they, they look like a different team now. Uh, Shea Patterson's finally coming into form. Um, I think uh, think he's going to have a big day and. You know, I I really I'm starting to to believe just a little bit that that I think they can run the gauntlet. Uh, I think they'll beat Penn State. I think they'll beat uh, Michigan State. And 11:24, circle that on the calendar. If Michigan runs the gauntlet, that's against Ohio State, and uh, that's the one that's going to going to really play out for playoff contention. But I think Michigan wins this game uh, uh, Saturday, 35 to 24. Okay. Uh, well, moving on to to the biggest game in the SEC this week is it's obviously 
Georgia at LSU. You know, you know LSU coming off that tough loss on the road at Florida. Uh, you know, it seemed like in the fourth quarter when, when LSU had that drive that, you know, with, with their running game, that, you know, maybe that was fisting to take over. Mm-hmm. But, you know, give Florida credit. They, they had an answer, and, and that was kind of the story of the game. And, uh, and, and Florida's pass rush was the story of that game. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Georgia's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Baton Rouge. And, uh, you know, I would feel a little better about maybe an upset for LSU if it was a night game in Death Valley. But I, I think Georgia's a little too stout for LSU right now. I, th- I think Georgia's going to win this game. Uh, twenty-seven to thirteen. Yeah, I really wanted to go the upset as well, but I, I got to look and I seen it as a two-thirty game. I'm like, yeah, uh, if like you said, if it was at night, that'd be a whole different animal. I mean, those those fans are absolutely crazy, and um, uh, but you know, I mean, Georgia's got some issues uh, in their linebacking core. They, you know, when you lose Smith, that that that's a big blow, and uh, they're still trying to work on that, but. I think I think they're going to squeak out a win uh, against LSU. I think it's going to be about twenty four to twenty three. Yeah, you know, and and I'll be honest with you, it wouldn't surprise me if LSU did upset them, but you know, my I just don't think they will. Right. But it, it really wouldn't surprise me if if LSU come out and played a heck of a game and upset Georgia. Because yeah. like you said, that the Georgia team does have some issues yeah. on the on the on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Teams can run on them. Teams can throw on yeah. them, and you know it's. But you know they they have a lot of weapons on offense. You know they with, with uh, R- Riley Ridley, DeAndre Swift, Elijah Holyfield. Uh, you know Jake Fromm's playing well. Justin Fields coming off the bench and playing well. Yeah. So you know the, their offense has really kind of picked up the slack, and you know they fell behind for the first time this year against Vanderbilt down three nothing and the very first play of the next possession Georgia threw a long touchdown pass. Yeah. So, you know, they uh they just always seem to have an answer and that that's what I think will happen on Saturday. LSU will come out stout, you know, they you know they'll be trying to protect their home field and they'll be ready to play trying to avenge the loss from last week. Yeah. And, but I, I just think Georgia's probably a little bit too much right now. But you know, anything can happen in Death Valley. That's a crazy place to play. Oh yeah, definitely. But uh I, before before we go, I do want to talk about our uh, our, our top four. We tweeted out our top four on our uh, on our Twitter page. If you're not following us on Twitter, please give us a follow at double cub underscore pod. And uh, you know, we uh, we tweeted out the other day our uh, our top four teams. And uh, the uh, Jake, uh, you want to go through your list of your top four teams and kind of kind of why you have them there and uh you know jake your, your top four is is alabama one georgia two ohio state three clemson four and then you have your first two out is texas and washington just kind of talk talk about that list uh you know it's of course it's always so to change but um you know alabama the offensively they're, they're the best team in the country right now they they you know they're number one so they'll be there um you know Georgia. You know it, they they're still they're still good. You know they're 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 the second best team in the SEC by far. And uh, and they you know and if it's if that thing goes well, it's gonna be it's gonna be a head-on collision in the SEC championship game between Alabama and Georgia. So, but they they somebody's gonna you know one of them probably get knocked out. Just depends on what happens in the year. But um, in Oklahoma, 
or I mean Ohio State, it's always subject to change. Um, Ohio State might slip up. I, you know, Ohio State seems like they lose a, a game they shouldn't be losing every year. Same way with Notre Dame. That's why I didn't have them in the top, you know, the first two out. But um, Texas, I think, has really improved, and that and they had a big win against Oklahoma. Uh, That's really kickstart them. Uh, I don't really see, you know, Big Twelve don't really play a lot of of defense, but I don't really see anybody touching them until the Big Twelve championship game. Who that might be against, and uh, Washington, they might be they might be out of it. But right now, I think I think they might they're the the second team to be out. So um, yeah, that, that's that's my top four with the first two out as as of right now. Okay, yeah, and, and mine and like like Jake said, this is just kind of as of this moment right now what we think. I obviously have Alabama at number one. You know, they just they just look like the best team. You know, their offense is unstoppable, and they still one of the you know top fifteen or twenty defenses in the country. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's going to be hard hard to beat them. And uh, I have I have Ohio State at two right now. They, to me, I think they have one of the better wins in college football right now. Going on the road at night in Happy Valley and beating Penn State. Yeah. So that, that's a great win, you know. But like you said, it always seems like they they lose a game that they shouldn't. But I'm not going to hold that against them until that happens. Right. And it hadn't happened yet. So I have them at number two, and it was really a two A and two B for me. I have Georgia at three. They could have easily been number two. It's you know it's. And they may be number two next week if they go out and, and play well against LSU. Right. And at four, I got Clemson. You know, they're undefeated. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is, is playing really well at quarterback. You know, and if he stays healthy, they'll they'll probably run the table and be undefeated. Uh, and then my first two out, I have Notre Dame and Penn State. Uh, like I said, you know, I mentioned Penn State a minute ago. Their only losses to the number two team in the country or, you know, one of the top two or three teams in the country. So, right. And it was it was a really close game. It went down to the end. So, you know, not going to hold that against them a whole lot. Um, there's really no such thing as a good loss. But I mean, if in today's climate, you gotta you gotta look at all all the variables. And you know, that's that's it's definitely not a bad loss. Oh yeah. But uh, and then I also have Notre Dame as as one of the first two out. You know, they've they've beat Michigan. Uh, they've beat Stanford. Uh, well, they beat Virginia Tech on the road, so you know that they've they've accumulated a pretty impressive resume, and uh, you know they have a chance to you know to continue that, and you know they still got a few more games left this season, but you know it, it looks like they will uh, probably probably run the table them, themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know I I don't know how much the committee will factor in not having a conference champion, you know, not being a part of a conference, right. but. You know they, you know they the, the the remaining schedule was Pittsburgh, Navy, Northwestern, Florida State, Syracuse, and USC. So none of them teams really scare you. So uh, you know I, I could possibly see Notre Dame being undefeated and you know fighting for a spot in, in the top four oh, yeah. when it comes comes to playoff time. But uh, that, that's all we got for tonight. You know, like we said, we we enjoy doing this podcast. We hope you're enjoying it too. Uh, give our Twitter a follow at double cub underscore pod. Uh, you can follow Jake on Twitter at uh, JTH double cover one. Mm-hmm. And you can follow me at Blackwood 89. Uh, and please, you know, tweet at us using the hashtag double coverage and let us know if there's something you want us to talk about or if you, you know, kind of want to get in on the, on the 
debate, so to speak, or just any thoughts or whatever it is you might want to add to the podcast. So we thank you so much for listening to us. And remember, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe on Google Podcasts. You can download the Anchor app and, and, and listen to it there. You can listen to it on Spotify. So there's multiple pl- platforms that, that we're on right now that you can listen to us and get to us. And we hope you're subscribing to all that and um, you know share it. And we're really enjoying doing this. And we can't wait to do another one next week. Mm-hmm. Y'all have a good evening. Thanks. See y'all. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.